0: What's up, James and David? 38-10? Let's go, Bucks. This is Justin from Hopewell, New Jersey. Good to see you. Fire them cannon, boys. What's up, guys? This is Zach from Dallas, Texas. Just got to say, man, that was a beautiful game. That looked like the Bucks team that probably the national media expected from the start of the season but you know listening to you guys and kind of doing our own research and everything probably the, the complete game that we knew they were capable of that they just hadn't pulled it was awesome to see I saw the graphic at the end of the game that was only the second game in franchise history with zero penalties and look it's amazing what that team can do when they're not hurting themselves great to finally see Gronk get into the end zone that was awesome love me some Gronk so we're happy to see that I'm happy this was what we needed. Like James was saying, we saw Green Bay play an actual team. Look what they did. Go Bucks, baby.
1: You are Locked On Buccaneers, the daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: What's up, and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you. By Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for the game. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at bucksnation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at lockedonbucks, at jarco underscore bucks, at dharrison82, and at bucks underscore nation. Coming up in just a moment, we are going to get to David's reaction to the game as he missed yesterday's episode. And we have some more of your voicemails to get to. Again, we thank you guys for all of those. We're not going to get to all of them before we move on. To this week's
2: game against the Raiders, but appreciate all of you sending those in. If there's one game this season, I think at least in the regular regular season, that I could predict that I would have wanted to be on the immediate reaction show. It was obviously that one. Uh well, I mean, what a game! You know, uh, watching the game itself. I mean, I think I had basically the same reactions everybody else did. I mean, in, in the early going, you know, Aaron Rodgers is on the run from the Buccaneers defense, but it definitely looks like he's kind of got the answer. He's going to figure it out. You know what I mean? And that's what you kind of always worry about a guy like Aaron Rodgers is. You can bring all the pressure you want and scheme up all the pressure you want. But at the end of the day, he's one of the greatest, you know, to do this and not, not even the greatest of his generation or whatever. But he's one of the top five quarterbacks during his his career for a reason. And that reason is it's really hard to rattle him, really hard to beat him. Uh, but then you see that out route. And you see that interception by Jamel Dean. And I mean, can everybody in the National Football League just stop throwing late out routes to wide receivers wearing the number 17? I mean, can that just become part of the collective bargaining agreement or the NFL rulebook? it never works. I mean, granted, this time it helped out the Buccaneers. Jamel Dean screaming down the sideline to score that touchdown. The Buccaneers obviously just, just take off from there and just completely take over the game. The, the Packers don't score another point for the entire game, barely really even move the ball for the entire game. And, I mean, just a collective, you know, it's kind of reiterate what a lot of people are saying, this is what this team is capable of, and this is what this team – this is why, why last Thursday night is so frustrating. And we know this about sports. If you've been watching the NFL for any period of time, it's not always the best team in the National Football League that wins the Super Bowl. It's the team that plays the best down the stretch and takes advantage of the opportunities that wins the Super Bowl. Look at the, you know, the, the Nick Foles-led Philadelphia Eagles. That was not the best team in the National Football League that year, even with Carson. Once they weren't the best team in, in the NFL that year but they took advantage of the proper situations. They protected the ball as best they could. They didn't shoot themselves in the foot as much as the other teams that they faced did. And they come away with the Lombardi. That's what this game is all about. It's not, it's not good enough to be the most talented roster. It's not even good enough to have the best coaches in the NFL. You have to put it all together. You have to protect the ball and you have to not shoot yourself in the foot. That's exactly what we saw from the Buccaneers in week six. Are we going to see it again? I hope so. At least during this season, It's really hard to produce that, right, time and time again. Like that voicemail said, only the second time in franchise history that they've had no penalties, and that was absolutely amazing. And really, I don't want to harp on it too much, but technically they did have one flag thrown on them, James, but it wasn't accepted, so it goes in the history books, says no penalties, got it. Um, But, you know, the the chances of all those things aligning, again, not very good, but even if you get two-thirds of what you saw week in, week out, right? And this team is going to do a lot of good things. They're going to do a lot of damage in the National Football League, and I'm very excited for it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, of all of all the episodes for you to miss, I I would say that will probably be the one that we look back on this
2: season and say, "Man, wish you could have been there for that one." <laughs> but James, we do have a couple questions from some of these voicemails. Like you said, getting through as many of them as we can. Uh, let's let's pull up this first one and let's answer this question about Rojo. Yes, sir. What's up? This is
0: Justin from just north of David's Old Stomping Grounds in Parker, Colorado. Wanted to call and say, uh first of all, what's up? Uh really appreciate everything you guys do. And secondly, wanted to talk a little bit about this uh decisive Bucks win over the Green Bay Packers. Uh a lot of fun. I know that I myself and, and other folks did not really think that they would pull this out, but they definitely came out in a dominant decisive fashion and I couldn't be happier about it. Question for you guys today is um regarding Ronald Jones. He's really showing to be a borderline elite back in this league. And uh, I'm curious as to your thoughts as to whether that's more on Rojo and his vision and his change direction and the and the changes he's made in his own style, or if it's more on this offensive line growing in this scheme. Thanks a lot. I'll hang up. Talk to you guys later.
2: All right, Justin. We appreciate that call about Ronald Jones and James. I mean, you, we've been on the Ronald Jones train for a little while now. Uh, you know, we, we sent out a lot of tweets last week. We talked about him a lot on this show We've written collectively a lot of things about him over at Bucks Nation. Fortunately for us, Byron Leftwich, Bruce Arians, apparently saw the same things we were seeing, and they fed Rojo the way that we asked them to. But what do you think? I mean, is it more Rojo? Is it more offensive line? What's what's leading to this, uh, this, this uptick, this uh, peak, if you will? I think it has to be both, right?
1: I mean, you and I have talked about it. I was talking about it on Twitter, that the more you feed Rojo, the stronger he gets, the later in the games, and we see those two, three-yard gains – you know, chip away, chip away, chip away. Then when you're getting into the fourth quarter, that's when he's inevitably going to bust one off. Well, when you're continuously calling run plays, you know what else gets stronger down the stretch? The offensive line. They start, you know, mauling the opposing line because that's what that's what offensive linemen love to do. They love to run block. Have you seen the clip of Donovan Smith circulating Twitter when he pulled on a Ronald Jones run and just absolutely destroyed two different Packers in the process. I mean, that's what they love to do. So I don't think you can credit one without crediting the other because
2: these two, you know, t- you know, they work in tandem with each other. Yeah. I mean, I think they, they, I think the appropriate answer is that it's both. Right. But I think that when you, when you look at it, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it's a community effort, right? So one, there's a little bit of credit that needs to be given to the coaching staff for, for focusing on the running game. Byron Lefkowitz for calling some more run plays, getting the ball into Ronald Jones' hands. We're, we're about a third, a little over a third of the way through the NFL season. And this dude is, the, is a top three running back in the National Football League. The Chiefs still have to play as we're recording this. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire is within what you would call striking distance. 130, 140 yards uh, tonight against the Buffalo Bills. And he catches up to Rojo. But... No matter what happens, Rojo is at least, at worst, a top five running back, top four running back in the National Football League coming out of Week Six. It's absolutely amazing. And then the coaching staff—you know what I mean—scheming things up, relying on him. And I wrote something for Bucks Nation today, James, not that went up. Rather, it was on Monday that went up, and it was it was talking about how once the Bucks were pushed in the corner, they found out they had a feature back in Ronald Jones. And we know that Rojo for this season has been the starting running back. Really, he's been the starting running back since last season, but this season he's really kind of become that feature back, and it's because they've been forced to rely on him. I mean, when they brought Leonard Fournette in, you look at it in week one, and I'm, I'm not going to read the article word for word, but in week one, Rojo outsnaps Leonard Fournette, out touches Leonard Fournette, but in week two, it's the it's Leonard Fournette show. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to believe that this team is really all that behind Rojo when you see that kind of thing happening. Now, eventually, Leonard Fournette gets injured, and that's really when the Buccaneers are kind of forced to look at at Rojo and say, okay, guy, it's all going to be on your shoulders. Our running attack is going to be on you because shady's not it. And then he gets hurt. Anyway, Keyshawn comes in. He's got some good plays. He's got some rookie plays. You know what I mean? So really they were kind of forced to put Rojo in the situation where Rojo is done with that opportunity is turned into a feature back, forget starting back, forget primary back. I'm now calling Rojo, the Buccaneers feature back. My concern is when Leonard Ford gets healthy again, that feature role goes away. I really hope it doesn't happen because right now I think Rojo is showing the NFL that he can't be that guy.
1: This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. When I'm watching, I'm a big fan of like meat, cheese, and cracker trays. So I crack one of those open on Sundays. I'm sitting there, I'm tweeting with one hand, I'm eating with another hand, and when it's time to wash that stuff down, I grab a Pepsi, I grab a Mountain Dew. Those are my go-tos. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi made for football watching.
0: Hey James, hey David, it's Adam from Coming and Dang, what a awesome game. I mean, we came out swinging. It's just, it, it it's, it's almost surreal. Um,
2: I bet you Aaron Rodgers is definitely checking his insurance policy right about now, but I just wanted to give a shout out and man, just the defense was just perfect. It was on
0: cue. We just, we, we synced up and, uh, got a beautiful win. So, uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic day. And as always, go Bucks.
2: Back now here on Tuesday at the Locked on Bucks podcast, David Harrison here back on the show after missing a date. But James, a lot of time spent on Rojo, which I think is deserving, but we do have another question from another caller that we need to get into. So let's hear from, uh, from Chris here.
0: Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Chris calling from the future home with Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and Levante David, Canton, Ohio. First off, just want to say what an amazing game this was. This is one of the most complete performances I've seen from the Buccaneers in quite some time. Reason I was calling, though, is I had some family at the game and I saw a lot on social media people posting how many Green Bay Packers fans were at this game um, I'm just kind of wondering your guys thoughts. I would think with such limited capacity that Buccaneers fans would be lining up to get into the stadium and watch this team play I don't understand you know how many you know how these guys are getting so many tickets or you know why are Buccaneers fans not filling up this stadium all right guys appreciate it love the show have a great day go Bucs all
1: right thank you very much for the call It's weird. There is limited options when it comes to tickets. They did, if I remember correctly, the Buccaneers did open up a second wave after season ticket members had either claimed theirs or turned them down. But it could be a lot of different reasons why there were Packer fans. Yeah, it's disappointing to to see that. But you also have to remember that Packers – fans kind of spread throughout the nation. They're one of the most spread out and and largest fan bases in the NFL. We take a look at how Tampa is kind of a transplant city. You have fan bases from all over the place. So it could be a situation where these are Buccaneers season ticket holders, but they're from the North or they were lifelong Packers fans, but they support the Buccaneers, you know, when, when the Packers aren't in town or Honestly, we don't know people's situations, given how trying, you know, the the pandemic has been for a lot of people. They might have thought, you know what, I can spend a little bit on my own tickets. I can flip them for money that we desperately need at home. And I don't, you know, I would rather they go to a Bucks fan. But if they go to a Packers fan, I need the money rather than being able to go to the game. So, There's a lot of reasons why there could have been Packers fans in the stands. Yeah, it is disappointing. The only thing I'll add to that
2: is uh, you've got an Air Force base right there in Tampa. And I mean, you know, I'm sure there are some Tampa locals that are stationed at that Air Force base, but there's a lot more people who are not from Tampa or even the state of Florida stationed there. Than the guys that are from Tampa or from even Florida. So you've got a very good population there of people in Tampa that are going to be rooting for other teams, just kind of how it it works. I mean, when I was stationed uh, outside of Baltimore, outside of D.C., I went to two Nuggets games, uh, uh, you know, buying tickets online and I bought them from apparently season ticket holders, at least the one because there was one. It was like six rows up from the court. And when I went to the seats, somebody even said like, oh, you have John's seats. I don't know what his name was, but it's like, oh, you have John's seats. And like, yeah, you know, I've got John's seats. And then I took off my hoodie and I had a Nuggets shirt on and they're kind of, you can see the look on their faces. (laughs) So I'm sure that John heard some flack for it. But I mean, in the purchasing process, like I never talked to John, you know what I mean? He never asked me if I was a Nuggets fan or a Wizards fan. So I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know every ticket outlet or whatever. Coming up, James, we've got one more voicemail, one more question that we're going to tackle. And then we're going to have our final thoughts and wrap up uh, this Green Bay Packers win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Before we do that though, we've got to wrap up some messages from sponsors and we're gonna start with Rock Auto, who wants to remind us that with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for your local parts store and traditional chain storefront to stock all the parts you need. So if you need to find a part and you want to make sure you find the right part, the right manufacturer, the right model, All you have to do is go to rockauto.com, who's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, helping you shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com.
1: Also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Built Go. Whether it's a mental or a physical wall, break through it with Go every day. They are easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market, it's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Bilgo combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast-absorbing protein, so it gets into your system quickly and it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff. To ignite your work, collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit builtgo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. What's
0: going on, Locked On Squad? This your boy, Mo Smith,
1: calling you from San Jose, California. Man, the Buccaneers got the win that we all were waiting for. Very dominant against a great Green Bay Packers offense. Man, I, uh, I'm i excited. Our defense didn't look to skip a beat without Alvea in the middle. We just traded for uh, McClendon from the Jets, so let's hope that extra body on the inside can give us a little bit more. Uh, but I've seen a lot. Seen a lot of good things from our our DBs, uh, Jamil Dean, man, Carlton Davis. They're some dogs. But the Buccaneers looking good, four and two, and uh, I can't be more excited. Again, uh, I love what you guys do. Keep going and uh, stay safe out there. Go Bucks. Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast. David Harrison, James Yarko here taking your voicemails as many as we can. We're not getting to all of them. But, David, before we get into our final reactions and our best and worst of the week, we got one more question that we are going to do our best to answer.
0: What's up, gentlemen? Kevin calling from beautiful, autumnal Huntington, West Virginia. Coming from my sister's house, we went out, we watched the game, had a great time. So a lot of fun to see. My only comment is they could have won by more. They took their foot off the gas five minutes into the fourth quarter and were just like, hey, we got them. And that's okay. Win is a win and they mop the floor with those boys tonight. But I want to ask you guys a question about the, the discourse around the team for the last several years. It comes from a deeply entrenched culture of losing diminished expectations by the fan base and by the media that covers the team. And, you know, I'm not going to call out outlets here or anything, but, you know, like the mainstream media in Tampa, there's a defeatist attitude towards them that I don't think suit the quality of the team and what they're capable of. Today we saw what they were capable of, and I'm just wondering if you guys feel like there is sort of a, a losing mentality and a losing culture around a lot of the mainstream media when it comes to Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a defeatist attitude towards them. Is something that I've noticed, especially after last week's the box with Chicago. And then you see what they're typical this week. Anyway, it's gonna be a great season. I'm really excited. Go box and thank you for all you
1: guys do. Really appreciate the call. And David, um I I have some thoughts on this. I'll try to be brief. It's not just the national media, in my opinion. And I'm I'm almost glad that he asked this question because guess what, David? I get to I don't know if you can hear this. I pulled out my soapbox and I sat it down and I'm gonna stand on it. It is Just remember, I have to edit this thing. I got you. This is a problem throughout Tampa fandom. And I I don't mean that as a shot at Tampa fans. They are passionate. They are diehard, but they hit the panic button way too fast. You go back to the Stanley cup playoffs, the lightning lost game two to the blue jackets. It was, Oh, here they go again. They're going to blow it to Columbus. They're going to lose in the first round. They lose game one to Boston. Oh, that's it. Boston's going to win. They choke in the playoffs again. They lose, you know, game five to the Islanders. They're still up three games to two. Oh, there it is. Here comes the choke. They lose game five to the Stars. They're still up three to two. And it's, oh, here it comes. They're going to choke. They're going to blow it. Same thing with the Tampa Rays. The Rays had a 3-0 lead in the American League Championship Series. The Astros won one game. And it was, oh... Here they come. The Astros are going to be the second team ever to come back from a 3-0 deficit and win. And then it just got compounded every time Houston won another game. But I think Tampa fans are so snakebitten from being so close in, in situations or just being completely bludgeoned over the head with a stick, in, in the case of the Buccaneers of the last 10 years, that they're just conditioned to assume the worst. And you got to let it play out. The Lightning win the Stanley Cup. The Rays are in the World Series, and the Buccaneers are in first place in the NFC South. They are four and two. They just beat an undefeated team. As I said on the Locked On NFL podcast yesterday, if if the Buccaneers can play like that, top to bottom, they are the best team in the NFC.
2: This is absolutely the best team in the NFC. Like, let's just just say it now. That that's absolutely what it is now. Matter of whether or not they execute each and every week to beat the other top teams in the NFC. That's going to be the question. That's going to be the question all year. As far as Tampa fandom and national media coverage and and everything else. Listen, the Buccaneers franchise by and large is a losing franchise, and that just it is, it is what it is. So for the national media, you know what I mean? They're going to look for the storylines. They're going to look for the feel-good stories and the underdogs, and and they're always going to root for the underdogs and all that stuff because that gets a lot of attention and and it helps them produce content. James, you and I know a little bit about how that feels. I mean, we got we talk about the Buccaneers no matter what's happening, right? But we see it. I mean, when the Buccaneers are doing better, then we are doing better. Our numbers grow a little bit faster. I mean, they're growing anyway, but they grow a little bit faster and a little bit steadier and everybody's happy. And it's always more fun to talk about winning football or write about winning football than it is to write and talk about losing football. Me personally, I don't take any of this stuff all that seriously as far as like my day-to-day is concerned. Like I don't let the Buccaneers get me down, you know, past the limits of me talking about it, or writing about it. And I also don't let the Buccaneers get me a little, you know, too high. I'm not going to be driving down the highway, you know, waving a Buccaneers flag anytime soon because they, they beat the Green Bay Packers. I'm happy it happened. It was fun to watch. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to write about. That's just kind of where my, my stable in life is. But honestly, James, I mean, if we're going to cover this team, we've got to be able to sit at some sort of middle ground. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, and anybody who, who tells you otherwise is, is full of crap. Um, you're a fan of this game. You know what I mean? at best, at worst, at minimum, you're a fan of this game. If you're not a fan of football, I don't know what you're doing in this business. You know, I don't really care about arts and crafts, so you're never going to find me managing a hobby lobby. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Whether it's national, local, fringe, new media, whatever you want to call it. If you're not a fan of football, what are you doing here? Um, And then if you're covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, at a minimum, you want happiness and enjoyment in your life. So you want them to win. Now, you don't have to be a jersey wearing... Uh, season pass member, you know, carry card, carrying whatever Buccaneers fan, part of the Buckaholics, and all this other stuff. But you want the, I mean, unless you just like being a miserable dude or dudette, you want the Buccaneers to win because I think everybody would agree. It's better to talk about winning football. I mean, am, am I wrong here? Some men, just like to watch the world burn. <laughs> Some people just David. like to watch the world. I guess. But listen, <laughs> as long as I'm covering the Buccaneers every single week, I want the Buccaneers to win because it makes my listeners happier. Happier, it makes my readers happier, and it makes my life easier when I'm sitting down again to write about positive play, positive football. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, whatever. I don't know. Everybody's gonna do their job their own way. I'm not here to tell anybody else how to do their job. Uh, you know, that's that's their thing, not my. I'm gonna do it my way. So that's how I'm telling you is here's the way I see it. When they do well, I'm going to compliment them. I'm going to tell how they did well. When they do bad, I'm not going to insult them so much, but I'm going to say, here's what I think went wrong. Um, if I ever get called out by a player and saying, hey, you're stupid here, and they show me why, well, I'll, I'll appreciate the lesson. You know what I mean? It'll be embarrassing, of course, but I'll appreciate the lesson, and I'll become a smarter sports analyst uh, moving forward. Um, that's just that's my perch in life. I don't know what to tell you. If I ever get a job covering the Washington football team, then I'm going to hope Dwayne Haskins turns into a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know why? Because then I can enjoy my job coming into it every day. I mean – I don't know, man. Or you can just hope that they get rid of him because he's terrible. Possibly. But, you know, but but on the flip <laughs> side, I mean, listen, and I don't I don't read everything. I don't hear everything. So, you know, the, the snapshots that I get of other people doing this job is it's it's very it's a very small sample size, to be quite honest with you. But I, I read and I hear some of these guys out here and I'm not going to name names either. But you guys, you guys know who they are. You guys, you know, Bucks fans are, are more are consuming all this media and, and all these products uh, more than you and I are, James. You know, you hear some of these guys talk about how, oh, we don't care. We don't care if they win or lose. But then you hear them on their own podcast or on radio or on TV, and they're ranting and raving. I mean, they're screaming, like, about, about what teams are doing wrong and about how the GM is is this and the coach is this and the coaching staff this and play calling this. You're screaming. And I'm like, man, I have never screamed about the mix of colors at a Hobby Lobby bean bin in my life because I don't care <laughs> about it. So for you to be sitting here screaming like a wild banshee about something you don't care about, dude, like what do you what do you do when you do care? That's my question. But then when the Bucs do well to to kind of reinforce that 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 image of we don't care, it's like, oh yes, well, um, so so welcome today, ladies and gentlemen, to the Lockdown Buccaneers Podcast. Um, the Buccaneers won a football game and it was it was decent. Um, you know, I mean there were some there were some balls thrown and then there were caught. Uh there were some points scored and it was a good time. You know what I mean? And they keep it so cool and in the ice chest because they want to convince everybody that they don't care. But why? But again, I'm sorry. Why are you doing this if you don't care? You know what I mean? I got to cut so much of this out. Um, it's amazing. But why are you doing this if you don't care? You know what I mean? So again, maybe you don't have a Bucks poster hanging up in your house. You know what I mean? We're out of out of camera angle from your Zoom conferences. Maybe. OK, that's fine. But to sit here and say you don't care either way, then get out of the press box. Get out of the blog sites, get out of the podcast, get off of YouTube, and go do something you care about, you miserable bastard. You know what that voice reminded me of? What's that? You know that
1: SNL sketch <sighs> with Alec Baldwin? Hmm. The welcome to delicious dish.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. remember that voice, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I do remember yeah. that. That or Parks and Rec. This is thoughts for your thoughts. <laughs> Yes. That I do know. Yeah, that that is one of my favorite parts of that show. I don't even know how much of that I'm going to keep in, but you know, whatever.
1: With that, we are out of here on tomorrow's episode we will be joined by fellow Bucks nation writer and co-host of the North and South podcast Bailey Adams coming back. It's been a while since we've had Bailey on. Excited to have him on to talk more about this game and start to look ahead to the Las Vegas Raiders. Until then, please check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucs, at Jay Arco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other, raise up, and we thank you so much for joining us right here on, Locked on Bucks.